Well, I want to take a quick break from all of this craziness to tell you who's not as stressed out about all the stuff going on in our country, and that's Mikkel Thorpe from expatmoney.com. We're going to tell you about the upcoming online summit from Mikkel Thorpe and expatmoney.com with over 30 experts who are focused on moving your life, business, and wealth offshore. This is free to attend. You just go to expatmoneysummit.com. You reclaim your freedom from all this chaos and uncertainty. All right. So what they're going to be covering, how to secure your own plan B safe haven, how to use foreign currencies, offshore banking, and decentralized finance to safeguard your money, how to legally reduce your tax burden, how and where to safely store gold, silver, and other precious metals, where the best countries are in the world to find your freedom for yourself and your family, and how you can get a second passport to travel the globe without restrictions and get in and out of different countries' borders. You will learn about a libertarian island haven, private cities, communities on the ocean, and food and energy-independent towns in Latin America. So go, once again, register now for free, expatmoneysummit.com. This is your way to fight back against what's happening in the world. Stand up, protect yourself, and find out how to secure your new life abroad. Register now for free at expatmoneysummit.com. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston. Charles is not here. He's deathly ill today, but it's not COVID, so it's totally fine. But joining me today, very special guest. And might I say, uh, I just looked at our Facebook messages, and it is, in fact, almost three years since we first talked about doing an interview. Miss Trisha Butler, city councilwoman from the great city of Clarksville, Tennessee, not very far away from here at all. How's it going today? I'm good. How are you? You know, we first met at Young Americans for Liberty a long, long time ago. Long time ago. I don't think I remembered that. Yeah. I don't think I realized that's where we met. And uh, <laughs> that's, that is where we met. And there was, uh, you know, doing one of their conferences. And this might have been in Memphis, I believe, is where mm-hmm. that was taking place. And they even did yep. a, a candidate session on on sunday and um i may or may not remember you specifically from that candidate session as they were talking about uh viability and 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 things like that when it when it comes to the candidates but anyway we don't have to just talk about young americans for liberty the whole time <laughs> but um you no, were... but he had me hot that day uh, do you remember do you yes. remember when he was he was going around and asking everyone to stand up and say where they were running and he missed me because i was behind the light so he couldn't see me so i kind of just shouted it out and he was like we'll stop everything we're doing for you <laughs> when i got elected i actually uh, on my post about getting elected i said somebody tag him i won't say his name but i was like somebody tag him so he knows i won <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I remember this correctly, but I'm pretty sure you might have gotten up and walked out at some point during that uh, <laughs> during that session. And um, uh, anyway, you made an impression because we've been trying to get you on for an interview the whole time. Now, because of Tennessee's absolutely terrible ballot access laws, you are in fact unaffiliated with a, with a party. Is that right? As far as an elected. Uh- 
person? Who, who you ask it? Uh, no. So Clarksville um, city level seats are still nonpartisan, mm, mm. and which is actually luckily we just made our county elections to include school board. Okay partisan in uh 2018 but city remains unscathed as of yet now is it better to just be nonpartisan? is that the way that things should just be uh in my in my opinion but you know you say i'm unaffiliated i am affiliated i affiliate with all of the parties that will have, not like affiliate but i go hang out with anyone that'll have me uh the only one that that told me don't come to our meetings was the democrats i'm not gonna lie hmm. uh but I mean, I do say I, I do affiliate with uh, the Libertarian Party, and because we live in Tennessee and ballot access is what it is, I also attend GOP meetings. So I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Especially, I kind of get away with it now that I'm an elected official because it is it is now like officially my responsibility to stay in touch with all of the parties. So how I don't know what the makeup is of the city council, but would you be uh, maybe the most libertarian person on the council? You think? Uh, I mean, I, you don't want to, you know, talk about all your friends on the council, but how's that going? Oh no, you're good. <laughs> um, I so one of the other people that is on with me actually used to be a lifetime member, uh, and I called him out on it a couple years back, and he went and like revoked it so that it wouldn't be on the website because I approached him and I was like, Hey, I see you're on the website. And he was like, uh. um, so, but you know, honestly, he votes, he votes a little more. There's no word for it other than status because it's very, um, it's, it's systematic. He's a part of those guys that, you know, are in the end. Um, but he's been in politics here in town for 20 years. But we appointed a friend of mine, actually, and she 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 just went to the first libertarian meeting on Saturday. Um, we appointed her, and I think she might be, I think she might be a little bit better than me, even. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. From what I can tell, we've got a pretty good state party from all the people that I, that I've met, and you weren't at the convention, actually. I think there was uh, something something big happening maybe at that time, if I remember right. I think maybe you got an award. And sitting over there. No, yeah. my sister had twins, so that was my my award. We did not come because they actually scheduled her induction on on the convention. I did fully intend on coming, but I am so stoked that I got the David Crockett Award because I'm. Look, this is my phone. I'm <laughs> I'm totally obsessed with them. So I that that's really it was really exciting. I teared up a little. What I want to know is what's going on in Clarksville. What have you had to deal with over there? When I imagine Clarksville, I imagine maybe it's a little bit more of a conservative area. I don't know. It's close to Fort Campbell. I would make that assumption. Has there still been a lot of crazy statist stuff going on there in Clarksville that people are trying to get through? You know, the issue with Clark, Clarksville is very purple. It's very, very purple. We have, I would, I would say equal amounts of um, blue wards and red wards. And I would even say that my ward is super 50, 50. Um, and then you have to understand that once you get down to a local level like this, it really doesn't matter. Like the, the partisanship, you have people who claim that they're Republican voting for huge spending. You have people that are claiming that they're, they're Democrat voting against huge spending. So there, and I do focus on spending. So it's really difficult to draw those lines of who's who. 
Um, but the city itself is very purple. Look at me. I already forgot the question that you asked me. What was it? <laughs> I was just wondering what the makeup of the city was. I, what I really want to know is uh, yeah, how hard your job has been trying to trying to prevent the growth of government there. Um, extremely, I would extremely <laughs> hard. And I'll tell you why I, you know, I get very dejected about, about my failures on city council all the time. Um, but it's because it's set up that way. That is the way it is set up and government in Clarksville and I'm sure across Tennessee is set up the same way it was set up 200 years ago when the very first surveyors came, you know, over across the mountains. <laughs> so it, it's, we're, for instance, Clarksville is basically a corporation and our mayor is the CEO. Um, so, you know, it's, it's set, it's very much set up. He is a powered mayor. And once he has his voting block, that's it. And, you know, for, uh, for a while there, he had his voting block when we first got into office in 2020. Well, when I got sworn in, um, and then a couple people lost their seats because they moved. And for a while there, we were running the gamut on, on the mayor. We got to do some of what the council wanted to do instead of what he wanted to do. But we recently appointed a, another seat and he kind of gets his own way now. So, you know, it, it, it is very, I, I told a lot of people right after I first got in office, I'm like, I need more of me up there. Like, because there's only two, there's only two of us that are at any given juncture or voting against, you know, stuff that's just so obviously, you know, so it's, it's very difficult. And it's funny that you said the growth of government because it's the growth of Clarksville. Clarksville's growing exponentially. Um, and that's the biggest argument. And it's like, well, we need, we need, we spent money on a performing arts center, a garage, we're, the county is building a multi-purpose event center and it's like but we don't have roads to accommodate the amount of people that we're putting in here so uh, to me it's so obvious that I look at what, what we're spending money on and it's like this frivolous fund legacy projects for these politicians that are getting out of office and we're totally ignoring the basic everyday residents now in Nashville we had a lot of growth uh, seemed like pretty quick, still growing, of course. And then instead of kind of thinking about why a lot of people have been coming here, I feel like they forgot about that whole thing. And now we're getting our property taxes raised a whole bunch and all that. What's it been like there in Clarksville? I know they're going through a lot of growth. Has there been a lot of push to try and, and stick the people for more money now that it's growing a bunch? Absolutely. The county passed a 20% tax raise. And then the following year, we passed a 20% tax raise. <laughs> so, you know, everyone, and then this year, you know, it's an election year for the mayor. So now it's like, oh, I'm not proposing a tax raise. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, we 20% last year. Like, what are you? So yes, definitely. Um, and it's, and it's really well, I want to say like people want the roads updated in their area. And I'm like, well, you know, and then they're mad about the building. And I'm like, well, you know, you have to have the people living there before you can justify the expense of updating the road. But I'm telling them this at the same time when we're spending $46 million on a parking garage and, you know, a hundred and, and I, it's, I, I feel like a hypocrite and I know my, my voting record and I do my due diligence, but I feel like a hypocrite just telling them that because it's like, 
you need to settle down while we do this responsibly so that we can have all this ridiculous, frivolous. Tell me about some of those conflicts that you might have being a libertarian on a city council and maybe sometimes supporting the government doing something with other people's money. If you've had to do that before, do you ever have any conflicts when it comes down to doing that? I actually, I have never voted against a zoning case ever. Uh, that causes more conflict with my neighbors uh, <laughs> when they want, when they want to put subsidized housing right next to, you know, my, my $300,000 neighborhood mm -hmm. uh, that caused the ruckus. I actually get, I get lit on fire more for, for my libertarian stances, even by libertarians um, than I do otherwise, but I don't, I don't vote yes on spending. And, you know, when it does come down to, um, Oh, I voted no on that too. I do personally think that if the people want roads and we've already, I'm one of those people that is of the mindset, they want the roads. We already took their money, give them what they want with their money. I really am. Sidewalks is like big on that. Right. Mm. But honestly, even though that's how I feel when that comes across and it's time for me to vote on it, I still vote no. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I didn't realize? I'll, I'll give you this little tidbit. I did not realize it would be compulsive. Um, like, for instance, when we're doing these appointments, I'm going to vote for this person for one round, and I'm going to vote for this person for one round, and I'm going to vote for... And then I get up there, and I can... I, it's compulsive. Like, I can... I've tried... I've sat down and tried to look at these um, zoning cases and be like, okay, well, that one kind of this, and, you know, and I just get up there and I'm like, yes, yes. It, I, I can't start myself because it's like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's interesting, though. At least you haven't, I mean, you haven't given in to all of the uh, corruption that you would normally see with people who are on stuff like that. I would assume, you know, you're not just getting bought off by all the people, big money. If I got the kickbacks that people think that I get, <laughs> I would not be serving on the Clarksville City Council. <laughs> so over the last uh, couple years, I feel like we've had a pretty good reason to say that local politics is very, very important. Whereas beforehand, maybe everyone just thought that it didn't matter at all who was serving in your local cities and your states and all that. But we see the federal government going totally nuts when it comes to things like COVID restrictions and all that. And then sometimes you live in a city where they don't force a bunch of restrictions on you, and that's pretty nice. So what have you seen from that? What's the case you can make for just how important it is to have the right people in these positions? Oh my gosh, you want to get me started on This is a rant of mine. Um, because we live in such a hyper-partisan society, we only look up at the feds. And I, I don't understand. They don't affect our everyday life. And I try to say, I'm in college, and I try to tell this to the younger kids in college. I'm like, D would you like to have, the, and I know you're, you're going to love this because you guys hate them. Uh, would you like to have those scooters here in Clarksville that they have down in Nashville? They're like, yeah, it'd be awesome. I'm like, no, we banned them. And they're like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute, what, who banned them? And I'm like, the city council that you don't even know who any of them are. So, you know, and I said this about the, it doesn't even count anymore, but you remember when they banned um, handheld uh, cell phone use in the car? Mm -hmm. Nobody's paying attention to it anymore. But at the time, I'm like, this is because you're so focused on the feds that you're not paying attention to what's going on at, at your state level. Um, luckily, in Clarksville, 
I mean, for the most part with the COVID restrictions, I, we were locked down. This is my opinion. We were locked down for one month. We were locked down for the month of April. It was the best month of my life. Me and the kids stayed home. We played board games. It was amazing. Okay. Hold on. I need that. I need to keep that quote there. Clarksville city councilwoman, the lockdown of April was the best month of my life. I'm it just was. Make sure that, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very antisocial. I got to take a break. It was a forced vacation. Um, but you know, I go, I go to, I have a lot of family in Pittsburgh. I have a lot of family out in Phoenix. So I, and I listen to them and they they were actually shut down for an extended period of time. So I think we're lucky out here, but, um, yeah, obviously that I, I, and here's the wacky thing. We kind of got away with it in Clarksville. You guys didn't down in Nashville. I watched. Um, we had, we had an exceptional amount of freedom, you know, and we weren't really getting hemmed up for not wearing a mask or whatever, but, uh, yeah, I don't, hmm. when I tried to, uh, pass, when I tried to pass a resolution decrying forced the forced vaccination, it failed hard. So, you know, I mean, there, the people that are sitting up there running the city, um, I don't know. I guess it comes down to it's good that that in that case that the council didn't have a lot of power because the mayor is overpowered and he, you know, he was making those decisions. The county mayor was making those decisions. I don't know if at the beginning of at the onset of COVID, if the city council really had a vote, maybe we would have been locked down like Nashville. Mm. Well, the good thing is that if that does happen, it's a lot easier for the people in the city to change out the people that are in the city council if they don't like what they're doing than for me to get really mad at Joe Biden and decide that I'm going to do something to make sure that he's not in office anymore, something like that. And so that's way better. And I live really close to Mount Juliet, and I've, I've been telling people on the podcast it was really nice because none of the restaurants that I go to ever closed down, and they never made anyone wear any masks or anything like that. And so it was really weird because when I would, when we would go out to eat and do all that, it was like there was never any pandemic going on, which was, which was pretty nice. So it, it really did just come down to what city you were going to around here. I live in Davidson County, technically, and we're under Nashville Metro uh, rules, but I just go over a couple miles over the Mount Juliet and, and that was fine. It was like nothing was going on. Do you ever talk to people that are in other states that were legitimately locked down and just go, oh, I don't even know what you're talking about? Oh, my family uh, was running a grocery store in Illinois and they were having to shut down there for a while and then they even got in trouble because they were supposed to require people to wear masks and my dad said no we're not gonna wear any masks he put up a, a gadsden flag on his front door in the in the grocery store said he wasn't gonna require anyone to wear any masks or anything like that and so yeah they were they were dealing with all kinds of crazy stuff up there in illinois yeah that's what blows my mind is how we were i do feel like in tennessee here we were very protected from all of that and i'm I, honestly i'm thankful for it but uh, yeah, I feel I feel for the people that really. So isn't this a really good case where we can tell people, hey, stop worrying so much about who the president of the United States is. Not that it doesn't matter. I mean, they do do some stupid stuff, of course, that can affect us. Uh, but this is a really good pitch for people who are in local office that this is the important spot that people need to pay attention to. And I feel like there's there's no one paying attention to it, which is maybe why it's easy for them to get away with doing some crazy stuff sometimes because no one's watching. Oh, that's why 
And that's why they're running uncontested. That's why decisions, county commissions are really big here. That's why the decision for who your county commissioner is, is being made by a hundred people, like a hundred legitimately a hundred people. And you know, uh, on my election, for instance, I won by 113. I was just staging for a guy who was running for DA and he lost, unfortunately, by 131. There were two people sitting on county commission that won by like nine votes, 19 votes, 11 votes. And, you know, it, it's exactly what you're saying. People do not understand the importance of localization and they, they just, they don't get it. It's not exciting. The, the left versus right paradigm is not, I, I was telling you this, it's just not as big down here at this level. Therefore, it's not entertaining. Therefore, people just don't want to pay any attention to it. So, yeah, you're right. And people need to really get a grip on that. The fact that, the fact that affecting locally, um, it's, it's just so much more important than, than realized. Now, switching over to something that I was supposed to ask when we first started. Now, I'm not going to ask the typical thing, like how'd you become a libertarian, but I do want to know a little bit about you as we get on to the back half here, um, how you decided that you needed to run for city council and kind of your backstory before all of that happened, just in case people listening have no idea who you are or anything. Tell me everything about you in your entire life that happened. And you got a few minutes to do that. <laughs> so I'll, I'll answer your question about why, uh, why I decided to run for office. Cause it's really generic. Um, I was, a, I'm a veteran. I was a veteran. I'm still a veteran. I'm a veteran. Um, and I, you know, I'm used to serving. I wanted to be of service. I wanted to, when you get out of the army, one of the things that you miss the most is being a part of something bigger than yourself. Right. And I know we all hate the military and I'm very, I'm very anti war, et cetera, et cetera, too. Um, but it, it doesn't change the experience that I had there. So when I got out, I, I missed being a part of something that I perceived as something larger than myself. Um, so I was like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to go run, run for office because I want to help people. And I want to be a part of the community. We're putting down our roots here. So I just did the natural thing. And I started at the spot that I thought was the lowest on the totem pole, because in my brain, I, and this is very unlibertarian of me in my brain, if I want to work my way up to a big office, I should start and work my way. I, it, it's military, you know, mm -hmm. like that's just what you do. Um, but city council really isn't the smallest. It should, I should have run for County commission first. Um, but it just so happened that my guy was running for a special election. So I, um, hooked up with Josh Beal, who's a County commissioner. He's up for reelection. Um, and he was the, I think he was the vice chair of the County party at the time. And he was like, Oh, you, you do a lot of researching and stuff like that. So I think, I think that you'd be really good for this. And he helped me out and you know, so on and so forth from there, but I just, I wanted to help. And when I looked up there, I did not see me. Cause at the time I was Susie homemaker, you know, I was staying at home with the kids and stuff and everybody up there is pastor, pastor, realtor, pastor, you know? So I just, I wanted to see myself up there and, um, for other people, obviously. And I wanted to help out the community. So I was going to ask a little bit about, well, I'll ask, I'm going to ask some other stuff later on. We're not going to do it on the interview. I don't, I didn't even have to tell everyone that I'm going to ask you stuff later because it's, uh, it's, it's not important really at all. But what I want to know is what's coming up that people, we were talking about people paying attention 
in Clarksville or in Tennessee? Like, what are you guys working on right now that people need to pay attention to? Okay, so it just so happens that because I'm on summer break from school, uh, I got all of the legislation done in the last month that I wanted to get done over the last six months. (laughs) So first of all, uh, it's budget season in Clarksville. So we vote on the budget next month, um, and it's a crock. Oh, I think I have the newspaper right here. It's a $144 million budget that's being proposed. Um, I've already sat down with the CFO and she's writing up all my amendments and stuff like that. But like, for instance, we're dropping a million dollars into a museum that the state has already given us $20 million for. And I'm like, boy, a million dollars is a really expensive virtue signaling plaque for the city to pretend like they care about veterans and, and soldiers. It drives me crazy. But so I could go on like I, we literally could do a whole episode about me and the budget. But uh, the things that I put on there, and they always, I'm evil, because we have all this budget stuff going on, and I'm like, let me do all of my legislation I've been wanting to do the last six months. So I am putting up the, uh, everyone, everyone should know about this, because Spike Cohen shared it, so typically that means everyone knows. Um, I did a full repeal of the Airbnb, and it passed, first reading, but then it failed, the second reading. So I, you know, I swore that I'm going to do it once a year. So it is that time of year. We're going to bring up the full repeal of the, uh, the short-term rentals. And then I have, um, wait, tell me about the Airbnb thing. What's going on with that? You know, Airbnb, the, the different, the different, uh, platforms, applications that do this, they have their own rules and laws and that stuff is subject to rules and laws that are already, already out there. Well, of course, us being us, somebody got a complaint from somebody and then, you know, they wrote 12 pages of legislation to cover all of the stuff that Airbnb already covers. (laughs) And it was hugely unpopular. It passed two months before the new council took office. It was done very deliberately for that reason. But um, I, it was really cool because when you look at it, when you look at the repeal, it's literally 12 pages of red line through. <laughs> I said, I want to remove this whole chapter. So it was striking, you know? So then it, it went around the, but if it, it did fail, but I'm going to bring it back up. I, it's just, the stuff is already redundancy in our guy. <laughs> this is the Clarksville city code. Okay. And it's full of, the same thing over and over again, or the same thing that's already covered by state statute or, you know, and it, that drives me crazy. The, the redundancy drives me crazy. So, um, that, that is the one that I'm bringing that up this month, but I, I have to tell you, this is so, I think this is so important. I am putting an ordinance on to, um, adopt home rule. Do you know anything about home rule? No, I don't. So there are, there are a couple of different cities that do home rule. Memphis is one of them. There's a bigger one too. I can't remember if it's Knoxville and and Chattanooga. Anyway, some of the, some of the biggest cities in the state have home rule. So basically in Tennessee, anything that you want to do, you have to ask the state legislature for approval on, right? And, and this is perfect for keeping control. Like for instance, my mayor right now is a previous 
state house rep, right? So they, they're, and we have like sunshine laws where we're not, they get together in caucus to make their decisions. I'm not even allowed to talk to Ward 1 about anything or else it violates sunshine law. And I, I truly believe that that's the state house trying to keep control of the municipalities. And I'm big on localization. So I would love to see the municipalities that be where government, that I don't want any government, small government, but if we're going to concentrate it, let's do it at the smallest individual level because then we people, the people can control it. Right. Yeah. So, so home rule is where instead of, instead of functioning, um, instead of asking the state to approve our changes to our charter, we're actually allowed to change the charter at, at the city level. If we put it on a referendum and the people, the people choose it. So, um, that's like my big thing for this year that I, that I, I want home rule so bad. Was there, there, uh, I might be totally wrong. There was some kind of a big story I saw dust up about a, about a city in Tennessee uh, that uh, had to do with a car manufacturer moving there and uh, putting the plant there. I th- I'll, I'll have to look that up, but I think, I think you're going along the same lines of one of the issues they were having with their city charter. But basically, the government needs to start at the most local level, and then it can expand out from there. The power needs to be concentrated locally. And instead, it kind of sounds like the, uh, the state government's still overseeing what the cities are able to do, which sounds uh, kind of ass-backwards if you, if you ask me. So, yeah, I like that. That sounds good. Get them, Nate. Get them. <laughs> I'm not going to be opposed to that. I wish, um, you know, I wish that maybe I had more people like you on the Metro City Council, but something tells me that's not going to happen. How many? How many council people are? Because it's it's joint, right? County and city. But how many representatives do you guys have? Isn't it like forty? Um. Well, that's a great question. Yeah, I don't I know. Think some of it's some absurd. Well, Mount Juliet is a lot smaller, though, right? Yeah. But you guys got you guys got Locke out there, and that dude is losing his whole mind. But we're um, I don't know if Mount Juliet is actually part of uh, of Metro. I'm not really sure if they if they made it out of that or not. Uh, but I don't live in Mount Juliet, so I'm not going to be good with that. Uh, but yeah, we've had to deal with basically anything that Nashville Metro wants to do, even though you know I'm 20 minutes 20 30 minutes away from there and uh, never go to nashville pretty much what everyone votes for in nashville that's that's what we got to deal with because i live really close to antioch uh, like right right between those two places and oh so you are in the in the big i and you're sitting here preaching about localization and you don't even know how many do you know who your representative is i looked at that last year i'm leaving that's it i'm leaving i vote (laughs) When I can, you know, if I have time. <laughs> yeah, let me throw this out there, right? Because I don't think people people really don't understand this. Because because we look at it at a federal aspect, right? We feel like that is so far away. If I send a email to Mark Green, as a matter of fact, I did for a class. Uh, he never responded to me. Uh, Marsha Blackburn never responded to me. I did get a response from um, Haggerty. And I just got it like two days ago and I did this like two months ago. But people have got to understand if you actually want to affect what's going on in the, in the uh, municipal government, these people, all you have to do is send an exorbitant amount of emails and they will flip their votes. Like people don't understand that. 
like they are actually receptive because they really do get like, this is an election year. I can tell you which people are up for election. If you harass them on any given subject, the chances of being able to flip their vote is actually really good. And, and I'm like, this is the level where public pressure really does work. And there's actually some great organizations that are that are working on organizing people at the local level for doing exactly what you're talking about. There's one, I'm going to forget the name of the organization, they have a strategy called the 300, and they're trying to get people that will essentially take shifts of going and lobbying their local state representatives or people people close to them and essentially just keeping pressure on them and you don't need a large amount of people to actually affect what uh the people at your local level are going to do by the way i checked you're right on the money 40 40 people in my in my city council <laughs> that i'm that i'm dealing with here that's quite a lot that's a yeah problem. and it's but it's good that you have that level of representation but on the other side it's like, how many of them have to agree to get anything done? And is it, who, who is that really working in favor of? Is that working in the favor for the people and the residents and the citizens? Or is that working in the favor of the government? Because here, here in Clarksville, we got 12 people. The mayor only needs six. They're going to get that other vote. One of the other six of us is going to vote the way they want. Well, my main problem is that I would, I would rather... Antioch, the city I live in, be its own city that's not really just going to be dictated by what downtown Nashville or Metro Nashville is going to be doing. I mean, I know that we're technically, you know, really close to to downtown Nashville, but it's a completely different world over here than it is down there. Yeah, totally different universe, and it makes and and this is why when people, I don't know how you stand on this, but this is why when people complain about the electoral college, I'm like, mm, can we not have? Los Angeles and New York decide everything for middle America. It's the same idea. Matt, if you guys are living in a totally different universe down toward your area, you know, and you've got these people that literally live downtown and how many people, I can't remember how many people are in Nashville now. I want to say it's a couple million. Yeah, um, something like that. And there, how, how is that? There's no overlap there. Like the people that there's no, the representation there is skewed. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. So I, I definitely do would come down on that. I don't know if the, I mean, the electoral college, that's kind of a, a very unique system. And I understand some of the arguments that people make against it, but I don't think a popular vote is better than that. I think it's definitely a lot better than a straight up popular vote, because like you said, you're going to have a couple cities controlling everything and there would be no reason to to ever uh, pay attention to what some lowly person out in the middle of nowhere not that there's much of an incentive to do that anyway but um there, there would be no reason to pay attention to what they ever needed you're just going to have la and new york and chicago and whatever they want they're going to decide everything so there's a reason i don't live in those places yeah. <laughs> just saying <laughs> Well, right now, I'm what I'm hoping me, is we don't get all the crazy taxes that they have there. I hope people realize why they're moving to Tennessee, why they're moving to right. Nashville, to Clarksville, why they left those crazy places, and what led to those hell holes becoming a place that they felt like they needed to leave. I think we have a little bit of time before it gets that bad, but I really hope people understand why they were leaving. Um, yeah, what I, else and they always say that. Don't California wine Tennessee. <laughs> don't do it. Uh, what is next, by the way, as far as you got a re-election sometime? You're going to go for uh, representative, senate, uh, mayor, maybe there in, in Clarksville okay. sometime? 
I, I'll tell you what, I, I always wanted to sit and, and I think it comes back to the full circle or whole conversation. I think it comes back to Yao. Um, once I went through their program and, and look, look, they helped me. Like I use a lot of the things that um, all of the things that they taught me, um, more so it's the relationships I made there, uh, like with Apollo Pizone stuff that have changed, my, totally changed my life. But, um, but they had me thinking I want to be a state rep because that's where you get the most bang for your buck. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I got redistricted into a really good district. That's very purple. And, um, the guy, the incumbent who was pretty popular, he was a veteran, he was younger. Um, he decided that he wasn't going to run again, but, and this is where it gets sticky. Okay. I said, I want to run for this. And, the Republicans to be were like, no, it, you know, it's not, first of all, they don't like me. And second of all, it's not your turn because that's how, you know, partisan politics works. So I ended up not running for that seat, which I, honestly, I don't really want to run for anything my midterm anyway, but I am, this is not a secret. I am still considering throwing my name on the ballot for mayor. Uh, the issue with that is I don't have, I had to raise $10,000 to run for a city council seat, um, which is crazy, right? Mm. Um, I need a hundred thousand dollars to run for mayor. And you know, it's just, I'm, I am a senior in school. I have four kids. I'm not fundraising a hundred thousand dollars and everyone's waiting till the last minute too. So I'm, because that's what's best for the incumbent. Um, so I'm not raising a hundred thousand dollars this year for mayor, but I have been asked by enough people to run that I am still considering doing it. That's, that's me. I'm here because, you know, people wanted me to be here and I get a lot of people asking me like, please give me someone else to vote for. So that goes in my head and I go, Oh, maybe I should put my name on the ballot. So I'm, you know, I'm torn there, but as far as like reelection, I never want Nate, I never want to do this again. It's so, it's so bad. It's such a letdown. Like, if, like I said, if there were four other libertarians up there with me, or even people that were liberty-minded, Republicans, whatever, um, I could do it. But the, the way it's set up now, uh, well, uh, maybe if we get home rule and we change it to where we have like a city manager or something, like, or, or if, if I, if I was to run unopposed, if no one else tries to take my, and I can't imagine it because I'm, I'm pretty controversial. At times. <laughs> so no, I don't have any, I don't have any real answers for you on that. I'm sorry. Well, it's, uh, <laughs> it's important that someone like you is, uh, is on the council and, and, uh, you know, we got to remember some of the people that we look up to a lot of uh, people like Ron Paul that were out there just voting no on everything all the time, you know, real just a, a, nearly thankless job probably didn't make a ton of friends while i was there doing it but it's also important to have someone up there standing up for all of those did you compare me to ron paul exactly like ron paul <laughs> exactly there's no differences whatsoever even better i think just even better for sure but uh tr tell everyone where they can go to follow what you're doing i was watching some of your youtube videos earlier just to see if i could get any uh get any of you losing your cool with people but because uh, i i've heard that could be i'm fun pretty to good see. at that <laughs> No, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Like I can chew on your face with a straight face. Um, I've got that part of politicking down. Um, the mayor actually told my mom that he's like, yeah, she's, a, she's a pistol, but she always stays respectful. 
Um, so uh, you can follow me on like say I have everything. I even have snap. I always call it chat snap, Snapchat, but I don't really <laughs> use it. Um, but every all of my socials are Trisha Butler TN. My Twitter can be lit. Um, that's my favorite. I feel like I can really be myself on Twitter because most of the the people that I don't want to see me acting like that aren't on there. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, and then I, I do have a website, trishabutler.com, but it's really generic. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time today. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for having me.